Well, here we are once again for an episode with uh, In the Huddle. We're joined today um, by another one of my teammates, but one of my favorites. The one I think was my very first teammate, my very first experience as a New England Patriot was meeting Mr. Bob McKay. And not the dirty bad Bob from New Mexico, but the original bad Bob, the mean one, the albino, Bob McKay. I just had to throw that quote out from the life and times of Judge Roy Bean. Um, but anyway, Bob, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So um, just to get started here, this is our 10th episode of In the Huddle. It's one of the creative ways that Patriots alumni have come up to do a little bit of uh, fundraising activity. Uh, we're sponsored today uh, by, uh, by Mark Cruz and family. Over the years, Mark has supported Patriots alumni with mentoring and advice, and along with his family, has participated in all of our events and programs. Patriots alumni and its impact in the community does not exist without Mark Cruz. Thank you, Mark Cruz and family. And thanks for bringing us my pal, Bob McKay. So I'm gonna just kind of introduce this whole thing. I was, uh, I was a little wet behind the ears when I came into Foxborough as a, as a rookie. And Bob McKay was going into his seventh year. Oh, he was a, uh, a vested professional football player. And uh, for some reason, he, uh, he felt sorry for me, took me under his wings. And Bob McKay was, uh, taught me how to be a pro. And I don't mean uh, how to block and tackle or any of that kind of stuff. I mean, how to act, how to, how to prepare for a game, how to take care of people, how to act on the road. And uh, he turned me into the professional that I am today. Bob McKay, thanks for joining us. You, you can't blame me for all of that. <laughs> so, I had to work with. What's that? And tell Mark and Sue that, uh, you know, I think he, this could be detrimental to his business. <laughs> Well, we haven't, we don't mention his business on purpose. We just keep him in the personality of it. That's all. <laughs> no, they're, they're good friends. The Cruises have done an awful lot for us, and I'm glad that you've gotten a chance to get to know them over the last couple of years when we've had that, our sporting clay shoot down in um, Addyville, Rhode Island. So, um, Mark, and, and we've also sat on on his uh, on his deck in in, uh, in Narragansett, what a beautiful place that is to hang out too. So, anyway, it's been a lot of fun, and it uh, just keeps on giving. It's one of those things that uh, you know, it's amazing how blessed we are and uh, have made it this long, and the friendships you have to show for. Yeah, no question. You know, we that was 1976 when. Uh, when we first met, and I'm I'm just I'm I'm proud and honored that, that we've stayed so close together uh, for all of these years. And this, you know, this this exercise that we're doing now, Bob, it's not um, it's been so much fun reconnecting with a lot of the guys that that we played ball with. You know, with uh, having having John Hanna and Steve Grogan, Stanley Morgan, Sam Cunningham, all those guys come on and join us. It's been a lot of fun just reconnecting and touching base with it. Of course, you know, the, one of the last times you were up here was uh, for the Hall of Fame induction. I think Raymond Claiborne was going in the Hall of Fame at that time, but to, 
sit around the table at the end of that whole induction uh, ceremony and tell stories was worth the price of admission. In fact, if we'd have thought about it, we would have, because we had, we had about 30 people surrounding us. I don't think they believed half the things we were talking about, but, but nonetheless, we had a lot of fun doing it. Some of them were actually true. Some of them you can't, you can't, yeah. can't tell some of these stories. Oh, no, and it's like I told you when you asked me about coming on to talk to you. I feel like a pair of brown shoes with a tuxedo with the people you've had on here. Well. <laughs> I, I showed up, and, uh, you know, it, the team was just unbelievable, especially on the offensive side where, you know, what I dealt with every day was, you know, went from Russ to, to uh, Sam Adams to Link, John, and uh, – Leon yeah. and Rush, and then Andy and Sam Bam and Steve and then Stanley and Daryl. I mean, hell, yeah, I was I was amazed at the talent that was on that team. It's just you know unbelievable. Tommy was the right tackle. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's a hell of a right. team. No question, they did a great job of of, uh, of of drafting some young players. You take a look at. Um, even before I got there, when that, that 73 draft that the Patriots had, they got John Hanna, Sam Cunningham, and uh, Daryl Stingley in that, in that draft. And then, you know, they got Steve Nelson uh, in the 74 draft. And I think Andy Johnson came in there 74 uh, as well. Um, but then, what, you know, the other amazing part of it is that they went out and got guys like you. I'm, you know, Tommy Neville was in his 12th year, my rookie year play rack tackle, but they went out and got guys like you, like uh, George Webster, like uh, like Steve Zabel, you know, who had experience with other NFL teams, but, you know, had six or seven years under their belt, and George Webster had like 10 years under his belt, but, but, but to sprinkle in that kind of veteran presence around, um, you know, around the, the younger players really made a big difference. Well, I appreciate you mentioning my, my name in a group there, but it, you know, the coaches too. Uh, you know, we got there. I knew uh, Fairbanks from the head coach in the Hula Bowl when I was a senior. Uh, Ron Earhart had coached the All-American game uh, when I was, after I got out of school. So I knew both of them, and uh, it's amazing. The, the problem I wish I'd had, or wish I didn't have, in nine years, Years I had four head coaches and eight line coaches. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, I get New England and Reds there, and then Red leaves, and we have Leon, and then here comes Jim Ringo. So, I mean, it's, uh, I'd have wished I'd have been there a little earlier or gotten to where I could stay with one or two. Ray Pro Haskell was the only coach I had for two years. And He's the one only reason I stuck around. They were about ready to shoot me. I could run, I could run block, but I didn't know what pass was. <laughs> well, you grew up in that wishbone offense down at University of Texas. You know, you, I mean, you can say what you want to about not being as famous as some of the guys we've mentioned on here, but let's just review this for a second, okay? You were an All-American on a on a national championship football team, at, in on your senior year, 1969, with some terrific other athletes there. Um, you were a first round draft pick of the Cleveland Browns in 1970. 
Um, you had a nine-year career in the National Football League, and it wasn't that long ago you were recognized um, with, with, and, and, and inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame uh, down in New York City. What a fine time we had down in New York City. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to recover. That may be the reason it's abandoned now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I mean, you're, you're right up there. You got the pedigree to match anybody that we had on this football team. But I'll tell you what the the, the biggest thing that you know that that you did, and 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 I'll say it one more time. You were the big brother that I never had. And I mean, we we unlike today in to, in today's game, or even later in my career when we traveled. Uh, when we traveled later in my career, we'd land and then there'd be a team meeting and then a team meal and then bed check. When, when I first broke into the league, there wasn't that. The only thing we were responsible for, in fact, they gave us a per diem to eat on, didn't, wasn't much, but it helped, um, was we just had to be back in time for bed check. And sometimes we, we cut that a little close, but, um, so, so we were, you know, we'd be out on, 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 go out and have a nice steak dinner or something the night before, and, and you taught me how to act when we were on the road. Now, you can't blame all that on me. <laughs> well, I, I'll never forget, we did, we were about halfway through the football season, and every time I reached into my pocket to pay for my own way, you weren't having it. You, you said that you were picking it up, and I finally told you at one point that, I can't, couldn't go out with you anymore when we were on the road because, and you said, why? And I said, uh, because you don't let me pay for my meal. And you were the, quick to explain that when you were a rookie, a, a veteran took you under his wing and did the same for, uh, for you that you were doing for me. And someday to repay you, I'd find a rookie and take good care of them. So, I mean, it was just a, it was a tradition that got passed on, and you taught me, and I passed it on, and I think it's still going on in the league today. It should be, because that's one way we bonded, so. Yeah, no, it should be. Explain explain who your Bob McKay was. Well, there, there were two of them. Gene Hickerson, who went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, he, was, he started playing in Cleveland when I was 11 years old. And I played ball with him for four years. Yeah. And he, when he went in the Hall of Fame, he was in a wheelchair. Mm. And he was pushed across the stage by Jim Brown, Bobby Mitchell, and Leroy Kelly, three wow. running backs. Wow. Pretty, pretty good pedigree. And, uh, you know, in 76, when I was drafted, and John DeMari was the the other one, and John was from Lake Charles, Louisiana, and hunted and fished like I did, so, I mean, we had a ball hunting and fishing, and same thing we did when we got to, New, when I got to New England, but Gene, in 76, 70. we went AFL, that was when they combined the NFL and AFL, well, all those players that had been there for a long time, the only defense they ran against was a 4-3 except for St. Louis, and they ran it over. So all of a sudden, we're dropped into the AFL, and everything changed. And they were having hell, keeping up with the new block assignments and all the different defenses and everything else. So it was a scream. I mean, it, it turned into a lot of fun. 
is teaching an old dog new tricks by the time that happened. And you might explain a 4-3 defense. I don't know if everyone listening understands that, but the center is uncovered. And, uh, and, and, and then there's the guards are covered that are next to the center. And then the tackles are covered with down linemen. And then they got two stand-up outside linebackers. So, so there are four down linemen and three, three linebackers. And when I, when I came into the league, that was, uh, that was still predominant defense. There, was, there were different looks uh, on that when you say over and that kind of stuff. But primarily, you know, the center's job was to chase middle linebackers. So when I got in, when I got in the league, I only weighed 255 pounds because I had to go chase another guy down who was 255 pounds. And they started covering up the center with mean, nasty, big guys. And I, so I had to get as big as, as the rest of them. But anyway, so, but you know, so the guards were always covered until like you say, when they started facing some of the, um, the, like the Oki defenses with, with uh, three down linemen and four linebackers. And now the guards are the guys that are uncovered. And I can imagine Gene Hickerson who was playing in the NFL in 1958 was probably scratching his head saying, what in the world is this? Oh, it's unbelievable. So, you know, but it, it, it was a transition time then. And today, with all the passing that they have, it's amazing. You know, it, uh, it's so fast and so quick. It's a different ball game. Plus, you know, every linebacker we had in New England or in Cleveland would have been thrown out of the game for hitting people. Right. <laughs> right. It, it, it's a different way of playing ball now. It's a lot a lot harder, I believe. No question. I mean, I, I I feel sorry for defense. You know, you can't you can't um, you can't defend against the pass without getting pass interference called on you. You know, offenses are primarily set. Let's just throw it deep and hope we get the call. You know. Yeah, and especially if you're out in the open and the running back's going to match you, and he goes down, uh, ducks, he starts running his head, and you got to meet him, and you get a targeting call. Right. I mean, hell, if you go get run over. Right, right. Yeah, no, it, 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 it got a lot different. But you know what? There's still only so many ways you can run at the six hole. And, and you know, every once, every once in a while, I take a look at, 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 at professional football games and say, yeah, it looks an awful lot like Ride 34, you know, some of the old Earhart stuff that we used to run. Well, the good team, the good thing about a team like up there is that you had Russ Francis, where you know all you had to do is slow him down. Russ would knock him plumb across the center. <laughs> we also had we also had Sam Cunningham too. When Sam was on, uh, we got talking about. Remember, we we used to run, run ride 34, and there's so many versions of the the three back at the four hole. That's what 34 is, and ride was the series. That was the fake that the that the quarterback made, and I don't need to get really too technical, but you remember the play. But we could we could trap, we could base block it, we could trap it, we can O block it, or my favorite was the wham, was the, was the wham block. And if we're facing, if 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 uh, if the right guard was uncovered on a ride 34 wham, he'd go block the linebacker, and all my job was to stand the nose guard up. And Sam Cunningham was coming from a, with about a five-yard head start, and he was going to blow. That's what the wham call was. He was going to blow that defensive lineman up. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. At one point in time, when I got back in the huddle, 
I guess I wasn't sharing enough of the nose guard for him. He said, you know, all you, if you just get out of the way for a little bit, I, we can knock him in into that linebacker's lap. So I guess I was occupying too much of the nose guard. <laughs> <laughs> the, sad, the sad part about that is you got too far where he hits you too. Oh, that yeah. hurts. <laughs> that, well, you didn't do that very – you, you might have done that once or twice, but you learned in a hurry that that was not the right thing to do. <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah, uh, yeah. We had we had uh, you know the, the teams we played on. Bob, you were here from you were here seventy six, seventy seven, and seventy eight, and uh, you know it, it just it was those were some great great years and great some great Patriot teams. That's for sure. The sad part is we you know in seventy six we had such a team and and to take the hickey that we did it just you know, but I'm glad to see we made up for it about 25 years later. That was I didn't that didn't make it up for me as far as I was concerned. That, yeah, but that that tuck rule. It made me. It made me feel better. It, yeah, just slightly, just slightly. I'll tell you some of my 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 favorite memories of of you on the team had nothing to do with playing football. We. We had Tuesdays off, and uh, you know we'd go in Monday after a game and watch film and and soothe our aches and pains and that kind of stuff. And and uh, you didn't want to get injured because if you if you got like a like a an alley or something, you had to go back in and report to the trainer on Tuesday. But that took away from all of our hunting trips if you did that. We went, we went. Let's see, we went duck hunting, we went pheasant hunting, we went. Um, we went deep sea duck hunting one time. You remember yeah. that? And then and I've never life been deep sea duck hunting. <laughs> yeah, I'm real fired up on ducks. Period. But that's Damari made me do that over in Cleveland. But out on a boat in the middle of the water, up and down. Hell, I squeezed in up there and opened one of the windows in the front, and squeezed in, and all I did was scare them. I, you know. <laughs> And then he wanted me to lay in that boat where you lay down and they wave at the hell in there. I told him that boat didn't have enough float for me. <laughs> we were, what were we, shooting black ducks out there or something? And all they're good for is putting in lobster traps. But, it was, you know, you, at one point you tried to strap yourself to the mast of, of this ship or, or something in the pilot house. <laughs> Around it, put my arms around it, shot through it. I've looked at the mass. I had about as good a chance of hitting y'all as I did a duck. That's true. Uh, you, you were glad to see land after that. We, I mean, we'd go, we go uh, fishing. We chartered boats. We chartered boats. We chartered a salmon fishing boat on uh, San Francisco Bay one time. We're out there playing. This was seven. That was '78, wasn't it? '78. '78. We went out to play the, the Raiders in, in Oakland, and we were staying on the Oakland side of, 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 the, of the bay. We went and rented a, we went out on Friday. And then so on Saturday, all we did was we had a walk through and a meeting or something Saturday morning, and we didn't have to be anywhere till bed check. And, and uh, so we chartered a boat, and there was probably eight of us, would you say? Uh, eight or ten but you know all the time i did we had started with wilson and i decided since we'd, we'd always been out gerald wilson and i 
we were got to walk around that marina. I said, have you ever been to Alcatraz? I said, hell no, I had never been to Alcatraz. I said, let's go. So we went down there to see if we could charter a boat to go out there. And this guy said, yeah. And I said, well, what do you charge? He said, I charge $25 a person. So we all paid $25 to go. I said, for how long? He said, till you get tired. Okay, so when we leave, he tells us it's fishing. I mean, the salmon are running. So being from Oregon, you run back there and throw every rod and reel out. I mean, you had hooks hanging out of this thing. We were, uh, if we'd gone across a net, we'd drug a whole damn, you know, a whole bank in there with it. Right. We were just out there having a good time, taking a couple of beers and riding around. We went under the bridge and went around to Alcatraz, and then we decided to go to Sausalito. And uh, you were all worried about making bed check. I said, look around. I said, you got the starting center, you got the starting linebackers, you got one of the running backs. I said, I think we're safe. <laughs> well, we, uh, yeah. And then you, I stayed on board the boat. When you go, when we hit South Salido, all you guys looked like a bunch of pirates walking down the, off the gangplank and, I remember the captain saying, we got to be back by, I don't know, let's say bed check was at 11. If we got to be back by 11, I understand we have a football game to play the next day. Uh, back by 10. And so we, he said, we need to leave here at 9.15, no later. Well, we left at a quarter to 10. <laughs> <laughs> and we went skidding into the hotel was, and they had two of those party barges at there was a wedding and they were tying them up and i mean this captain swamped those but i mean he splashed everybody we bailed off when the bow went down took off running and there was one poor guy tying his boat up <laughs> and atomic sean went by and just couldn't stand it so he grabs him and just throws him and he's wiggling in the air and finally figures out he's gonna get wet so he dives on in and we just keep running and we we get in the we get in the room and all of a sudden here comes Ringo with that captain and that guy walking down the hall you hear <laughs> uh, uh, and we were about ten minutes twenty minutes late being, being in the room and on the way home the next night he said it's a damn good thing y'all want he said I didn't, that was Ringo said. We ended up beating them too. What was it? Was we beat them like what twenty-one to fourteen or something? Oh yeah, we beat them bad. But I mean, it was yeah, just it's you know what the hell it was stuff you just don't do anywhere else. It was no, great. no, it was. And we then we then I think you started the uh, New England Patriots Culinary Club when uh, when when we traveled away on away games. We turned that into let's see. Let's let's eat at some of the finer restaurants in in uh, in America, and then and you, we I we may have mentioned this one on uh, when Nelly was on, but um, I remember we commandeered the Greyhound bus in New York City, and they took us over that steakhouse in Brooklyn. Yeah, he uh, we were down there trying to find a cab. They'd take us over to Hoboken. That was where it was. We were trying to get back, and that cab. That bus driver was sitting there and said, what are you doing? So we're trying to get a cab, and they won't come over here. And he said, well, where do you want to go? We told him. said, uh, well, hell, this thing's paid for until midnight. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I buy some beer in New York.
York, and Gerald Wilson walks in one of those bodegas there in his cowboy hat and his boots, and he's standing in line. <laughs> it was a scream. I mean, that guy could parallel park that bus where you couldn't stick a Volkswagen. Right, right. <laughs> and then there was always there was always Boo Ray. We were always oh, yeah. playing Boo Ray on the airplane. See, you know, it was luckily they scheduled those football games for us so we'd have something to do. Exactly. And usually it was at 1 o'clock on Sunday. We didn't get too many of those premier ones, so. <laughs> uh, uh, lots of fun. Uh, lots of fun, lots of memories, lots of great times, too. What, uh, what do you, what do you, so, so football ended for you in 1978, and then what did Bob McKay do? Went into the tire bench, went to work for a tire company, and uh, they sold big earth mover tires. And in fact, I went to New England, looked at a bunch of stuff up there. A guy done a lot of business with out in West Texas, got hired in Rockville, Maryland. Hmm. Called me, and uh, I went up and looked at some quarries in Maryland, in fact, over at Harper's Ferry, and then he, I flew in to New England. That's when you were still going back to Oregon. Yeah. Uh, Y'all were gone. Uh, nah, I went to Nevada and looked at gold and worked, sent tires into gold mines out there. I had just a heck of a job. And uh, they paid me to go around and talk to my friends. So hell, it turned out to be a lot of fun. And you moved back to Austin, Texas, where, at the University of Texas. Yeah, I never, I mean, we came back every year. We, we talked seriously about staying in New England. I mean, it was, uh, we enjoyed it so much. The people were so nice and uh, the fans are just outstanding. And, you know, it was part of the country. It's just absolutely gorgeous. But uh, we, we'd already bought a home uh, here in Austin in the off season. So uh, came back. Luckily, we've been able to travel back up there. So. Yeah. Well, New England wouldn't have been the same if you'd landed up here. That's for sure. Got to have you up a little bit more often. Of course, we get we get through this uh, pandemic thing. Maybe we'll have you up here a little more often. Well, it, you know, it, it's such a pretty place, and the people, you know, Mickey Zito and Francis, just and you know, Ted, Betsy Rowe, and you know, people like that took us under their wing and just, yeah. you know, did so much for us and uh, were so good to us, and uh, just absolutely the best place in the world to play football. No question. Imagine, you imagine what it's been been like if we'd have won one of those Super Bowls. You know, like like it, it's been it's been a, been a hoot watching these guys play. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm, uh, I would have bet our parade would have been better than anything they've seen so far. Yeah, that might have been the first one that they that they had was was pretty special after that 2001 season. You know. So yeah. That was awesome. What are you up to these days? Uh, You're still not selling tires. No, this I'm retired, but this thing here, this pandemic, you know, of all the stupid stuff I've done in my life and lived through it, you'd think sitting still on the sofa with a mask on would be easy, but it's wearing <laughs> butt out. I don't I, I'm just not used to sitting still this long. And, uh, yeah, I told Donna the other day, I'm thinking, about getting in a truck and driving to Fort Stockton, Texas, which is about 500 miles from where you eat lunch and turn around and come back. <laughs> Just for something to do? <laughs> Just to get out and go. I mean, this this is ridiculous, but it's, 
you know, I just don't understand people that won't take the precautions. To, and, you know, if you don't want to wear a mask for you, that's fine. Wear it for me. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> it's 72. I don't need to take any stupid chances. Right now. <laughs> yeah, you, you've overcome those odds in the past, and that those odds are catching up with you now, right? I'm way to the curve. <laughs> Let me tell you, and I, and some, how are you doing? I said, I'm scared they're going to catch me and make me take what I've got coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. be a well, where you'd be. You know, it, 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 the sidelines, you know, where we, you know, the stuff you learn with New England, it, it's just amazing how well the coaches and the team were, you know, inspired on her. It, uh, it, it just. It was absolutely wonderful being there, and uh, I appreciate you letting me come by on this thing. Oh, I'm telling you, I, I'm I, I'm having more fun doing this, Bob. You know, to have all the guys on that, that we played next week. We've got uh, uh, Tony McGee and Ray Hamilton are going to be on uh, on this on this show um, next week. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, both of them. You know. Tony McGee played in the era before they started tallying sacks, and uh, yeah, and 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 we used to call him Mac the Sack because he was just uncanny the way he'd rush uh, and get in there on quarterbacks. And somebody told me that if they had counted and 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 somebody had done the research to come back, he was up there amongst the NFL leaders when he showed up at New England. Oh, he, yeah, he and Raymond both. I mean, but I mean, you go all the way across. Julie's and uh, you know Steve and the two Steves and then the big backer and then uh, you know Mike Haynes is it just I mean good good God look at the Tim Fox right you know and I, you you look at the team we had Jordan Webster now, yeah telling you what you talked about a man among men whoo he was and just uh, that you see them and you watch them play. And then you know how they operate. It is just, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it was, it's un, yeah. It, and, and to watch all of that stuff happen, you know, and, and you know, uh, Ray Hamilton, uh, up until about, I think, three or four years ago, was still coaching in the league. Um, I know he coached for years in Atlanta. Um, so he, he's been around. They'll both, they'll both be pretty interesting to have on this show and share some of the defensive side of the, of the story. But you're right. You take a look at, you know, Steve Nelson in the middle was just, uh, just was the anchor. You know, he, he, he called the shots. He was a quarterback on that. Steve Zabel on the strong side. You had Steve King on the weak side and big backer uh, next to, next to Nelly. You know, when we got into three, four defenses, that, that was pretty formidable. Mike Haynes, the next year, they drafted Raymond Claiborne uh, in the first round. He had Tim Fox back there. Um, just, you know, uh, phenomenal defense. Like you say, we we had all the pieces together, but just just uh, man, we were we were an inch away from from starting something real special. And then Fairbanks decides he's going to go coach at the University of Colorado because of the Sullivans were stripping some of his power away, and he thought he was going to go and. That kind of ended the whole run. Yeah, there was a void there for a little while, but I mean, it's still, you know, with the fans and the, and the, it's just amazing the place that 
you walk out, you used to walk out of that stadium and, you know, walk out into that parking lot in the back and see that church way down in the trees when the leaves started changing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just a special place. It and, is. You know, it I, is. I still talk about it all the time. And the last, I'm telling you how much fun we had. And, you know, the wives had a lot of fun while we were on the road. That's true. So, well, you it, think, uh, yeah. it was great, you know, and, uh, just a lot of fun. We'll get you back up here soon. Well, I appreciate you letting me on here. And like I said, it's an honor to be among these guys, I promise you. Yeah. Well, and and uh, you'll be pleased to know that um, we're getting real creative about fundraising. We've got this opportunity for people that, that want might want to sponsor these episodes to bring these on. Um, and our friends down at Addyville, uh, Jack O'Brien and Sally down there, have opened up uh, one of New England's finest game preserves and 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 shooting courses down there, and they've opened that up for Patriots alumni. So we're selling hunts down there, Bob. We've got uh, we've got a pheasant hunt coming up with uh, on uh, next Tuesday. In fact, um, Mark Cruz and and his group is going to join us down there in the field, and we've got another one lined up the week after that. So uh, anyway, those are creative ways we can still be COVID compliant and uh, social distancing and all that kind of stuff and, and sponsor hunts in the field. Um, and of course, uh, you know, being able to sponsor these episodes like Mark Cruz and his family have uh, for, for this episode. So if anyone's interested in, in how they might uh, participate in, in sponsoring Patriots and keeping our mission alive, I've put my uh, email address right here underneath my name as part of that whole thing. Uh, or you can find us at patriotsalumni.com and find out ways that you might, uh, might want to participate. So uh, for today, Bob McKay and this episode of In the Huddles brought to you by Mark Cruz and family. Over the years, Mark has supported Patriots alumni with mentoring and advice and along with his family has participated in all of our events and programs. I got to tell you, Patriots alumni and its impact in the community does not exist without Mark Cruz. So thank you, Mark Cruz and family. And thank you, Bob McKay, for being part of this. Um, anytime you want to, you and I have uh, have uh, lots of fun just getting on the phone about every two weeks or, or, or once a month or something and getting caught up with each other. But it's been fun sharing that kind of uh, that kind of experience with you on, on this program today. Well, y'all take care and enjoy Addyville because it is absolutely one of the premier places on the, in the American East, I promise you. It really is. They've got uh, Sporting Clays course out there. They've got uh, upland birds to hunt. They've got a couple of trout ponds for fly fishing and uh, Anyway, uh, Jack and Sally do an awesome job, and we can't wait to get out in the field there with them. So, anyway, with that, I'm going to let you go. Miss Donna's probably got supper, or you probably have to go pick up supper, don't you? And we're getting closer to the truth now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway. Something. Y'all take care. All right, Bob. Thank you very much. And thank you all for joining us today. Next week, Next Thursday at 4:30, be sure to uh, to join us with uh, on Facebook Live, and uh, and experience Tony McGee and and uh, Ray Hamilton. So with that, I bid all adieu. Take care.